Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome to the show. I'm Sean Kreitz. Very special guest joining me over the phone today. None other than Brian Jean himself, the Minister of Energy. How does that sound? Well, that sounds great. Uh, kind of humbling. I'm, I'm not sure how important it is, but it uh, sounds great. I you know, people don't recognize it, but I think good politicians, the ones that stick around a long time, are those people that actually serve the people and work for them, and that's uh, that's what it's for for me. So I feel like, um, you know, me showing up and being here today is part of the normal activity that I should do to account to people for supporting me, and I, I really do appreciate their support, and I won't let them down. And I'm excited and thrilled and humbled to be the Minister of Energy. I think it's time we had somebody from Fort Murray in that position. And uh, I can promise the people of... My riding in all of northeastern Alberta, in fact, all of Alberta, that I'm going to work really, really hard. I'm going to continue to do everything I can to make sure that we have the best and and brightest industry in the world and that uh, the people around the rest of the world recognize that we are the leader and we are the best at it. And we don't need to apologize for anybody <laughs> or anyone for what we do. We should brag about it. And that's exactly what we're going to do promising to hear so yeah kind of just segueing into it you're no stranger to the energy sector you're now the minister of energy uh what is your vision for alberta's energy sector well i'll tell you the alberta energy regulator released their energy outlook just yesterday and it's filled with what i consider to be fantastic news the report forecasts a bright future for, for traditional energy sources in alberta with production of gas, natural gas liquids, and oil continuing to grow throughout the coming decade. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize how blessed we are here in Alberta. What we have is absolutely amazing and unbelievable, considering that anyone else in the world, any country in the world, any jurisdiction would be just pumped to have what we have. Any any one of the things we have, natural gas, a cheap feedstock, to create net zero and hydrogen and so many other opportunities. We have, we have uh, agriculture that is just, so blessed, Southern Alberta is so blessed with so much, so much wealth that way. And, and then we have oil that, you know, the other things we have is oil and lithium, you know, I'm energy and minerals. And now lithium is part of my portfolio and my, uh, I haven't got my mandate yet, but I know it's, it's clear that we're going to have to expand some of the great competitive advantages we have here in Alberta Two amazing lithium finds here and minerals, more and more types of minerals, more and more type of energy are going to come out of Alberta. And we have more and more multinational conglomerates from around the world uh, wanting to make Alberta their home and in some cases their head office and move their staff here and that just you know that's because we're a low-cost jurisdiction for corporations to to uh, be here and to create tens of thousands of jobs for Albertans and that's uh, you know that gives us all better quality of life now North American energy security depends on Alberta and that's the truth so we're not going anywhere as Canada's energy province Alberta plays a critical role in ensuring both the U.S. and Canada have access to safe, secure, reliable, and affordable energy resources. And I think we had a little change in Canada a little while ago um, in Ukraine. And that uh, brought about, I think, a stark reality for many people, especially in Europe, you know, freeze or 
let's find a way to bring LNG from Canada, safe, reliable, and affordable, over to Europe and the rest of the world. That's the things we need to do, and experts agree we're doing it. And just touching on that energy report, I also saw it as well. Alberta currently produces, I think it said, around 83% of Canada's crude and just over 60% of Canada's natural gas. Do you see that changing much over the next decade? Yes, I do. I actually uh, see the percentage increase uh, in Alberta as we get to net zero. And we are the leaders in the world towards the environmental expectation of the international community. And as we do that, I think that people are going to see more um, capacity, including TMX and other opportunities for us. And maybe we'll see a change in the differential. That's what I'm hoping, that we'll get full value for our oil because it belongs to the people of Alberta and we shouldn't be discounting it at all. So that shows, in my mind, bad management and bad planning and, and a long-term growth sector that uh, will only go one way and that's up because we are the ones that are providing the world with what they need and we're doing it better than anybody else on the world's expectations as well. That includes human rights, that includes ethical oil, that includes uh, making sure that uh, we are net zero as, as fast as possible because that's what the industry says they can do. And if they can do it and we can be the leader in the world, why wouldn't we do it and still have the great uh, quality of life we have here through so many different op- opportunities. I, I think the future is amazing and, and bright. And I would look at Highway 2 South as one of the industrial corridors that we might have an opportunity to expand in the future. I look at the Heartland as an opportunity for tens of thousands of people over the next few years uh, coming to Alberta and creating those jobs and creating that wealth. People know, you know, I've talked to Korea, they want to come to Alberta for ammonia. They want to come to Alberta to produce uh, net zero green steel. They want to come to Alberta to have the amazing opportunity they have with our feedstock called oil sands. You may have heard of it. It's an amazing opportunity for the world. And they know that. They recognize that Alberta is the leader and is only going up. And, you know, right now in one of the one of the companies in Korea, for instance, they produce more steel than all of Canada does by almost three times, 300 percent. And, um, you know, them coming to Alberta and bringing their expertise here and especially making it net zero steel. Well, (laughs) I think we would have an opportunity to take over the steel market in Western North America. And as most people recognize, it's a big market. So I I think the, the future is bright and they can't do that without the feedstock of oil sands and producing it with hydrogen, which comes out of the feedstock. So, you know, I can talk about this stuff forever because I am so excited. And the closer I get to my file, the more I know about my file, the more excited I become because I I recognize that we are the leader and this is the place to be. Yeah, uh, as Minister of Northern Development, you visited South Korea and you brought back uh, an MOU for a small-scale kind of nuclear reactors. Can you tell us about that and to just explain to the listeners how like small-scale nuclear reactors might fit with Alberta's energy sector? For sure. You know, nuclear has got a bad rap for a couple things. The first is safety. Somebody, you know, people are always a little paranoid about that, and I don't blame them. I would be too, except to recognize that can-do reactors, the technology out of Canada is the best in the world. It's the safest in the world. It's not the cheapest, but it's safe. And uh, that's what Canada is known for. And, and I'm glad to see that many countries around the world has adopted our technology, including Korea. Now, we've had a relationship with Korea and their atomic en- energy uh, for probably, I, I don't know how long, but decades for sure. I think it was 40 years or so, but it's a long time, I remember. And um, so they, they actually took the, that technology and put it into a mini pre-made uh, 
package of nuclear energy. So what they're doing in Korea and what they're hoping to do is with this MOU, this memorandum of understanding is to build one of the first SMRs, a small modular reactors that would only produce steam. They wouldn't produce uh, electricity, it would be steam and that's the technology out of Korea. They've already have it licensed in 2012, they got a license. So it's okay to go. All they need to do is put one together. We we believe that the Korean government is going to come forward with up to a third of the cost to produce the first one. And we think that with the Alberta government, with the federal government, and with the private sector, maybe, just maybe, we can get a, a deal going where, you know, somebody could bring in a small modular reactor that will be put into the oil sands. By the way, those things are made in Korea. They're brought here and installed in place where they would be, you know, most efficient. And then they can actually be moved later. That's the amazing part about these things. They're, they're small modular reactors. They're very, very safe. And they bring them, you know, pre-made, pre-assembled and plop them down there where they're supposed to go. And that way they can control costs. They can control quality. And they can make sure that um, that they can place it much more quickly than traditional nuclear can be done because obviously, obviously it has to be built. So we see that as part of the solution if if private industry does because they have to be at the table and they have to make the significant investment. Now, how many could we use of these small modular reactors? Well, literally a lot. <laughs> um, they they produce steam. They produce steam efficiently and effectively, and we believe after the second or third SMR, they'll produce it much more cheaply than other traditional forms of producing steam because it doesn't have to be changed back. It's steam. So that can be injected there and uh, to bring in the oil sands through SAG-D, and I think that would be one of the amazing projects and, and obviously you know some of this technology is unknown so we are the as i said we're the world leaders and sometimes as the world leader we take risks that you know are not do not work out perfectly and that's why i'm here to make sure that we try to make sure that that technology works out perfectly before we have that expectation for industry and we work with industry to get the best solution for them mm-hmm. uh because because ultimately if we don't make it profitable they're not going to continue to create incredible jobs they do but there's a balance and the balance has to be safety but also we have to build communities and that's something that i'm focused on brian gene on the show today we're just going to take a break and we'll be right back we're back to fort mcmurray matters brought to you by cooper and company law firm and fort mcmurray orthodontics on mix 103.7 and we're back i'm sean kreitz i'm joined over the phone with the minister of energy here in alberta brian jean you, you mentioned uh net zero a little mm-hmm. earlier alberta's plan to be net zero for carbon emissions by 2050 how will those plans work with our energy sector and how might they differ from the federal government's plans for net zero well, you know, we are international citizens, and we have to for sure take care of our people first, but we have to oblige by international treaties um, and other things when we sign them. And as an international member of our of the international community, we have to do so in the best interest of moving forward and making sure we manage what we have today. And that means that sometimes we sign treaties. We've signed treaties on, you know, um, weapon bans. We've signed treaties on nuclear weapons. We've signed treaties on making sure we have good economic opportunities in the future. And, you know, sometimes the federal government signs treaties, and they did. A 2050. 2050. We have to be net zero by, and that's the world's aspiration. And we believe we can reach that. The, the large multinationals and Canadian companies that are here, private sector Canadian companies that are here in Canada, believe they can meet that that as well. I mean, it's going to be tough, but we can meet that 2050. Listen, we accelerated the shutdown of coal and we made it seven years early. <laughs> we were the, you know, the rest of the world should look at us and say, wow, that's amazing because 
we're the only people in the world that have really done a good job like that so quickly and so efficiently and effectively. Um, we can do it in this case too, and we can do it and keep our great economy. And, and that's what I'm hoping we can do. I'm, I'm excited about the date of 2050. The federal government is a little bit more aggressive. They're talking about 2035 and you know, all the experts agree if we try to do it by 2035, we're going to be shutting down most of our economy and it's just not possible. We need to have technology as a solution on this net zero. And, and we're looking at that solution that includes hydrogen, that includes ammonia, that includes, you know, nuclear possibility. Uh, it includes other energy opportunities that are created. Um, and all of those things are happening in Alberta and they're happening in a big way in Alberta. So we are going to be the leader in the world and we're working with other people around the world, industries especially, to find solutions for this. But it's gonna be technology-based. And for instance, to build an SMR, how long does it take? Well, about seven to 10 years. 2035, it's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. Even if we ordered all of this stuff today, 100 SMRs, and we put them all in the oil sands, we're still, we're still going to have a challenge getting them here in time and setting them on in time and, and making it possible. So we believe the, the federal government's a little ambitious on their plans, especially because nobody else in the world is following suit. Um, at least none of the industrial powers are, and none of them think it's even slightly possible. So we're working with the federal government. We work well with them. Uh, right now, we're, we're talking to them. We're trying to make them recognize what we have here in Alberta. We're different than other jurisdictions. We, we rely on you know, electricity a lot. And they're talking about net zero on electricity, on on uh, natural gas generation and electricity generation. Well, that's a little <laughs> odd because the rest of the world wants natural gas and they're so excited to get it. And we're looking at taking off our natural gas. Well, that just doesn't make any sense. And the rest of the world doesn't think it does either because, you know, Germany and other jurisdictions are begging us to, you know, create LNG capacity so we can start shipping to them. The United States and Australia took advantage of it in the in the tune of billions and billions of dollars. But because of our situation with the federal government and their restrictions on our capacity to go to other provinces, we weren't able to do that. Now, does that mean we're going to not be able to in the future? No way. We are going to continue to, to bang this drum until we can get the federal government's attention and uh, work with them to build up the capacity we need for Canada and the world to rely on Alberta energy, which is the best in the world, the greenest in the world, and the most ethical oil and energy in the world. Why do we apologize? Why do we continue to do this? Well, it's because we have a federal government that's not aligned with our interests. And, you know, I've had a number of discussions with the federal government, and I will tell you that, in my opinion, that the 10 years the people of uh, northeastern Alberta sent me to Ottawa was the best 10 years they invested in my life for them, because I understand how Ottawa works now. And I'm gonna use every angle and everything I learned over the last 10 years and all the relationships I learned to make Alberta a better place for us. And that means having good discussions, open discussions, and recognizing that we don't always have the same long-term strategy on how to get to the goal, but we all have the same goal. So let's work together to get to the goal and make sure that we have a little flexibility on how we get there, and we'll get there sooner than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's just dive into your uh, just kind of time in Ottawa. You served as a member of Parliament and Parliamentary Secretary for a number of years, as well as serving on just a, a bunch of committees. You even served alongside uh, Justin Trudeau when he was a rookie MP. How are you going to leverage your relationship in Ottawa to advance uh, Alberta's energy interests? You touched on it a little bit there. Every day. Um, when I meet ministers, Dominic LeBlanc and others, you know, I know these folks. I worked with them for 10 years. Um, you know, he's got a lot of power with the prime minister. I did work with the prime minister for a period of time. You know, he was liberal, I was conservative, so as much as you could work together. But, you know, I've, I've got those relationships. People know I'm a professional. People know I work hard for my constituents and that I have a passion for Alberta. You know, they're, they're going to take me at face value. They recognize that I don't make up stories. And, 
when I'm when I'm focused on something, my purpose is to get that something accomplished. And uh, if we work together, we'll get it accomplished so that everybody's a winner. I believe in win-win scenarios, and I think most people in Ottawa recognize my reputation for that 10 years. 23 bills uh, as a parliamentary secretary to transport infrastructure and community under Stephen Harper. And during that time, I always showed the opposition respect and listened to them and, and helped them with their constituent concerns because... I mean, that's what you're supposed to do when you're in government. You're supposed to help all Canadians, all Albertans, not just the ones that voted you in. And that's what I would do. I have a, a submitted question here. So there's a little bit of a scenario and then a question. So I'll lay it out for you here. So in the, last, <laughs> in the last decade, OPEC decided to gush out production and it had a devastating impact on our economy and our city. Now we have Russia's imperialist uh, aspirations causing a surge in commodity price. Last week, CSIS warned of foreign hackers attacking our energy sector. And this week we see Suncor is being severely affected by a cybersecurity intrusion. Now there are not many regions of just 100,000 citizens who are so critically affected by global geopolitical events. So the question here is, what are the threats and opportunities for our oil sand sector and our region going forward? Well, the threats are fairly obvious. The international community not accepting our carbon-based solution um, for moving things forward like hydrogen and other energy opportunities. But I don't, I see that as a threat that can be worked through. You know, we have tremendous strengths um, and we do have some weaknesses, but those weaknesses are dissipating based upon the technology and, and the corporations and the government that are working together to try to solve those issues. And, and they are. We've reduced emissions better than any other oil on the planet significantly over the last uh, several decades. And, uh, you know, we've done a, an amazing job and we'll continue to do an amazing job. We've got some other challenges. We've got challenges like tailings ponds. But we're looking at solutions for that. And I'm working with the Minister of Environment on that. Let's find some solutions on that. To, uh, solutions that make sense, um, but keep us safe. Let's find some solutions on making sure that, you know, we continue to have the opportunity to build community. And that means, you know, building a workforce that actually live in the place that they work and not flying in and flying out. Those kinds of things are how you build communities, how you build lifestyles for people. And uh, I think that's a big threat. I don't think people recognize what a big threat it is to have people flying in from all over the world. They don't pay taxes in Alberta. They don't create opportunity for Albertans. They create a lot of stress from time to time. And sure, they they do take and uh, provide uh, employment hours and come in and do things, but for what purpose? Like, are we just doing it so we can send more money to Ontario and, and Ottawa, or are we doing it to actually build communities in, in Fort McMurray and Calgary and Cold Lake and Lethbridge and, and um in so many different oil communities around Alberta, Medicine Hat. I mean, are we building communities? Are we focusing on the people that, and the purpose of the oil, which is to create a better lifestyle for people? Well, if we're doing that, then let's do more of it because I don't think we're doing enough of it right now. I think we need to build more communities and we need to build Alberta up. And that means having more people relocate to Alberta, to Fort McMurray, to Calgary, and working here, living here, raising their family here. That's what I see as a big threat. But, you know, the other threats we can get through because the world needs our oil, but what do we have when the oil is gone? Mm. Joining us today, Minister of Energy, Brian Jean. We're just going to take another break and we'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. And we're back. I'm Sean Kreitz on Fort McMurray Matters. I'm joined over the phone here with uh, Alberta's Minister of Energy, Brian Jean. 
I, I recently had a chat with uh, Kendall Dilling, the president of Pathways Alliance, and they have uh, a fairly substantial plan for carbon capture and storage for the province. Do you support this as part of Alberta's energy future? Absolutely. It's so exciting. I mean, that's one of the competitive advantages I did not uh, dwell on, but it is truthful. That bid is probably one of our best advantages and one of the reasons why so many, you know, including Dow, so many other opportunities that are net zero are coming to Alberta because they recognize that Alberta is one of the few jurisdictions right now in the world that has the sub subspace below the surface that is perfect for carbon capture utilization storage. And remember, a lot of people miss what utilization is. Well, utilization means what are we gonna use with that carbon in the future? Because we have it, we've stored it. Now let's find a solution to take all the stuff of value out of it. Let's take it and utilize it for some other thing that gives us value in the future. And that value belongs to the people of Alberta. We have to make sure we do it safe, but the scientists say we're doing it safe, that everything we're doing here is is right and perfect for us and the jurisdiction that we have here and the natural space we have here is better than any other place in Canada for storage of carbon. And that's what makes Dow want to come to Alberta. That is the that is the icing on the cake to make them say, hey, it's between the Gulf, which has better tax ramifications, but or Alberta, which has a better net zero opportunity for us. Uh, well, I think they're going to pick zero, be, pick Alberta because of that. And, uh, you know, some people are n- nervous about that, but don't be nervous. We've had the opportunity to look at this for decades and decades here. And, you know, if anybody knows how to deal with the earth and put take stuff out and put stuff back in, it's the Alberta expertise that will be the champion of the day. And I believe we can do that here. And uh, if we make sure we do it properly and manage it properly uh, going forward, we'll be able to utilize that carbon in the future for creating more wealth for Albertans. And and that's what's exciting for me is we take something that nobody wants right now, pump it in the earth and use it later, uh, get more value out of it. Sounds like a a win-win for Albertans. Mm -hmm. And my last question here before, if you want to add anything, but uh, the province, I believe it's over 650,000 square kilometers and the RMWB occupies around 10% of that. Are there or could there be critical minerals in Alberta? Well, there is. There's, as I mentioned, lithium and other opportunities in Alberta. There, there are. Um, there are a lot of opportunities in oil sands with some of the byproducts that are currently being taken out. Um, you know, but again, we have some restraints. We have capacity restraints. We have rail constraints. We have, um, you know, transportation constraints, and we need to we need to fix that. But um, you know, what we need to do more than anything is create the environment where private corporations can spend their money and use their expertise to to create wealth. And Albertan, you know, the Alberta government needs to be a a good steward of the land and water and air, which we are, and to make sure that we continue to do things through employment standards and other things to protect employers, but make sure that we have the capacity to grow our province. Because, you know, right now, net migration, for instance, in the last six months of last year, was 93,000 people to Alberta. We had the largest net migration uh, of any province. And, you know, the rest of the world, when the rest of the world is having doubts about their future, their economic future, 70% of those people that came to Alberta were almost 70%, 68% of those people that came to Alberta um, in the last six months were from outside of Canada. And let's face it, if anybody is looking for economic opportunity and knows how to spot it, it's people from other jurisdictions that don't come to a particular place because of family or friends or or a particular job, they're coming here to Alberta because they see that this is the economic opportunity for their future, for their for their family. It is the choice by far for people 
to have an economic change in their condition. And Alberta is the land of opportunity. So, you know, when, when you have so many people from around the world picking Alberta to live in, you know you must be doing something right if you're here. Anything else you want to add, Brian Jean, before we sign off for the day? Well, I promised uh, 20 years ago, almost in 2004, that I would work hard, I'd stay honest, and I'd remain accountable. I've done that, and I will continue to do that. So if people have questions and comments and concerns, reach out to my office, reach out to me via email or other ways. I get back to everybody that contacts me, um, even if they're not supporters, and even if they just want to yell a little bit or, or talk to me a little bit, as long as they're respectful. I'm happy to listen to them and try to find a solution for them because, you know, the world is a fantastic place and we have an incredible opportunity. We are here in in Alberta, the luckiest, the most fortunate people that have ever lived on this planet because we live better than anybody ever has, except for maybe a couple of kings here and there. And even then, I I don't think they had outdoor, (laughs) I think they had outdoor facilities. So I would suggest that we live better than anybody ever has. And and what we can do is, is build it, make it better, build communities, build people, build families. Right on. He's the Minister of Energy, Brian Jean. Thank you so much for taking the time today to answer some questions. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks very much for your time and, and the support everybody gives me. It really is humbling. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix103.7.